Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. Welcome back to the latest, the the next, this episode of the Psychic Trailer Podcast. No guests today. Um, kind of a cool rainy day here in central Indiana. It seems as if uh, autumn has arrived. Um, so I had a few things uh, I wanted to talk about. We're kind of at the end of our cycling season here. Um, there'll be some hardy souls that will still ride through the winter, but for the most part, once we get into October, uh, most of the fair weather cyclists are done. We've got an event here uh, toward the end of the month called the Hilly 100, and uh, you could generally set your clock by the end of the season based on the Hilly 100. When the Hilly 100 was over, it was like somebody uh, flipped a switch. So, um, taking a sip of delicious Tinker Coffee. Tinker Coffee. Um, so I had a customer uh, in the other day, and uh, he, he posed a question to me, which was, uh, and... You know, he asked me if I was, finger quotes, scared of, finger quotes, not making it um, based on the products that I was selling. You know, uh, sort of an indelicate question. Um, but, you know, I don't. there's no malice behind it, so, you know, it's not really an issue. And, but what I, the way I answered it was that, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not scared at all. Um, and I guess for those of you who don't know, maybe a little backstory is in order. So I started working in, in bike shops in, oh, 1988. Um, but I bought a store in 2003. And that was a traditional kind of what I half-jokingly refer to as, you know, a cradle-to-grave bike shop. Little kids' bikes all the way up to, you know, adult trikes. And I owned that store for, well, two months shy of 16 years. And, uh, you know, I closed that store at the end of December 2018 and then started this new uh, project you know, the following year, started moving in and you know, right after the first of the year in 2019. And then by the end of February, first part of March, I was, I was up and running. Um, so the way that I answered his question at the time was that, no, the scary part was, you know, making the decision to try a business, you know, that only sold Surly and Rivendell bicycles, you know, not two of the most well-known brands in the world. And once I had made that decision, I said, then there was no fear at all. It was either going to work or it wasn't. And the more I thought about it, um, I don't even think that that was really accurate. Really, uh, 
the the fear was all in the past. You know, having employees that depend on you it can be scary. Um, being beholden to a bank or or a large, very large bicycle company, when and and you owe all of the money, that's scary. Um, this isn't scary. This is this is me essentially being laid bare. Um, I am doing what in my heart. Uh, I felt like needed to be done. I felt like this for the last decade. Um, uh, but I'm, this is me doing exactly what I want to do. And I am, I'm okay one way or the other. If it works, great. I will know that, uh, uh, you know, I've probably made some people's lives better. Um, certainly more enjoyable um, because they will uh, either have rediscovered cycling or uh, have been able to make it a bigger part of their life because of the, the products that I, that I, you know, ultimately sell. Um, and if it doesn't, you know, I gave it a whack and, uh, you know, I'll know that either I didn't do it right or this this area just uh, wasn't ready for such a thing. So that's that. I know that, uh, you know, I've done a handful of these, and I don't know that I've ever talked about, you know, kind of my history and, and why, you know, I'm doing the things that I'm doing. Ultimately, the podcast is... A more catharsis for me than anything else. Um, you know, I did radio when I was in college. Um, I discovered podcasting very early on. Um, I remember, you know, finagling my way through downloading uh, Adam Curry's podcasts in 2004, I think, um, and was, you know, had wanted to do one for a very long time. And just finally decided to get off the bench and, uh, you know, do something about it. Again, uh, come what may. <laughs> so um, one of the things that's been going on in uh, the city of Indianapolis is where they the, the, the powers that be... Uh, floated the idea of a bus rapid transit system for the city, um, which was going to uh, require uh, a tax increase, a small tax increase. Uh, so it was the referendum was put to a vote and, and you know, a majority of the people that live here voted for it. Um, which, you know, I was all for. And... It's, you know, I don't talk about politics, um, you know, as a general rule. I grew up in a very political family. I think I look at politics a little bit differently than most people. Um, and, you know, if you come into my store or you're you know, watching 
you know, my videos or listening to my podcast, you know, that ain't why you're here. Um, but I do feel like, especially, you know, living where I live, you know, the, the central, the, the middle of the country is pretty conservative. And, um, but yet I think that there are things that are kind of historically viewed uh, as more liberal policies that are still good for, you know, the people that live in these areas. And I don't know that they should necessarily be thought of as liberal or conservative, Democrat or Republican. Um, you know, having bicycle and pedestrian infrastructure being one, having access to, um, you know, a, a well thought out and robust mass transit system is another. I was in Minneapolis a couple of winters ago and uh, wanted to, I had a little time before this conference started and I wanted to visit a store that was in town and, um, you know, went to the concierge at the uh, hotel and said, uh, you know, this is where I want to go and, you know, how far is it? Like, you know, what do you think a taxi is going to cost? And he just looked at me and said, why don't you take the bus? Now, other than high school swim meets, uh, I probably had not been on a city bus since I was 12 years old. Um, and I, I think he saw the, the, <laughs> the confusion in my eyes and he says, look, you know, it may cost you 15 or $20 to take a taxi there. It's going to cost you $1.75. How long are you going to be in the store? I said, oh, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes. He goes, hell, hell, you know, you'll, you transfer and you know, you're going to, the whole trip's going to cost you $1.75. Just go down around the corner, yada, yada, yada. And he convinced me and, and I did and was sort of amazed at, how easy it was and the number of people and the wide cross section of people that were using the bus. So they floated this idea of a bus rapid transit system in the city of Indianapolis. And they were going to have ultimately, I think three or four lines. Um, but they were going to start with this, um, main North South corridor. And, Almost immediately, the bitching and moaning started. Um, now, we had been through this already with um, bike share. They decided, they, whoever they are, decided that we were going to get a bike share system uh, in Indianapolis. And in, I'm sure you know, but if you don't, bike share is basically, you know, they have uh, corrals and it costs X amount of dollars for X amount of time. And if you are visiting downtown and you want to ride from one end of downtown to the next, um, then, you know, you can do it by bicycle. And there's, a you know, bike trails and things like that to, to, to uh, allow you to do that safely. So, and I heard the, the kvetching then that this was never going to work in Indianapolis. Why are we spending this money? Nobody's going to use this. And lo and behold, um, it's one of the most successful and one of the most used uh, bike share 
systems in the country. And, you know, it's been up and running for, I think, don't quote me, three or four years now. Um, And they just, they just added like another 270 bikes and another handful of stations that are just continuing to, to uh, fan out from the downtown area. Look, Indianapolis has some real challenges. It's a a very large city, excuse me, and I'm not necessarily from a population standpoint. Back in the 70s at some point, the the then mayor um, decided that uh, they were going to basically swallow up all these little villages, towns, and municipalities um, surrounding the city of Indianapolis and, you know, by doing that, they increased the tax base enough that it, it, it allowed us to get an NFL team, you know, great. Um, but it makes it very difficult to, uh, go anywhere, uh, you know, other than in an automobile, you have to be very dedicated and, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to really think think it out if you're going to go any distance. Those things are getting better. They're continuing to, um, you know, build greenways, add bike lanes, add protected bike lanes. What's lacking now is the connectivity. Um, And, you know, I'm still waiting. Uh, And I'm not getting any younger, so I wish they'd step on the gas. Um. Because the driving, uh, and I know that this is not, uh, we're not alone, but uh, the the way that people act behind the wheel of an automobile is devolving uh, at, from what I can tell, a pretty rapid pace. And that's not uh, conducive to you know, my wanting to go out and, and travel by bike, um, much less, uh, somebody that has, you know, much less experience than do I, I'm sure where you live, it's probably, um, close to the same. So, um, one of the things that, I had decided, uh, since this was going to be a solo operation, this new business of mine, um, that not only uh, was it going to be based around, um, you know, an appointment, you know, scheduling type of thing, at least half the time. Um, the other part of it was that, you know, I was going to basically go to appointment only um through the winter. And I didn't know exactly when that would be. Um, and with the understanding that, um, this is going to date this podcast, uh, somewhat, you know, we're in the middle of October now. And so in November, you know, I'm going to go to appointment only, and I'm going to be that way in through, um, February. And then in March, we'll go back to, you know, things will start to warm up and we'll go back to normal normal operating schedules. Um, I've talked a lot about the bridge club, the Surly bridge club of late. 
and um, if you're if you're watching this on on YouTube, you know perhaps you've seen the videos that I've done. If you're if you're not watching it on YouTube, if you're just listening to this, first of all, thanks. Second of all, subscribe to my YouTube channel um, because I do more than just uh, plop videos of me uh, uh, talking into a microphone for X number of minutes. Um, but the Bridge Club uh, is, uh, you know, a relatively new bike from Surly. Uh, initially brought out as more of an off-road touring bike. Uh, but I, honestly, one of the nicest riding, if not the nicest riding bike that Surly is, has come up with. This is my opinion, of course, but I was so excited about this bike that, I mean, I spent my own money on one of these. And, uh, you know, talk to any bike shop owner and ask them when the last time they actually opened their wallet and spent their own money on a bike. It doesn't happen that often. What happens is you get in an order of bikes, you go, well, I guess I'll ride that one for a while, and you ride it for a year, and then you sell it to somebody. Um, so I really like this bike. Um, and now they have a 700C version, so you've got basically a, a pavement-type uh, version and more of an off-road version. It's just a, a marvelously uh, versatile bike and is as close as I think you're ever going to get to that one bike that will do damn near everything. Um, yeah, really, really good. Um, really, really good. Surly just continues to, you know, I think hit it out of the park. Um, I've been really thinking about uh, taking the plunge and bringing some uh, cargo bikes in for the locals that are listening. Um, I would appreciate maybe some input on that. Um, if you think that, uh, you know, again, the city uh, can, can support something like that or would support something like that. Um, yeah. Surly again, very, uh, they have an unbelievable uh, cargo bike and then one that's got, um, you know, that's battery powered pedal assist. Very, very good. Um, I'm just going through my notes here because I actually had to write a few things down so that I wouldn't forget about what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. I think that was about it. Certainly didn't go as long as I thought I would, but uh, I think the main thing I wanted to to address is just kind of why I've done the things that I've done. And, uh, you know, I'm staring down the barrel of 54, uh, I'll be 54 years old next month, and I really, really believe that there is a very large part of the population that's my age and, let's say, 20 years on either side of me that have really been underserved by um, the traditional, 
not necessarily the, the traditional bike shop. I can't put the blame really on them, but it's the industry in general and how the industry has been tailored. Um, that it's just, it's all been about racing bikes for so long. And I think it's just, um, <laughs> you know, the word disenfranchised gets thrown around a lot, but in this case, I think there really have been some people that have been disenfranchised by the way that this bike business has been set up uh, for the last 30 years. I mean, you can go back as far as Greg LeMond. I was in the business at that point. That's the point when racing bikes became the the bread and butter of of what went on in bike shops and that if and 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 the attitude you know came along with it so i would say if you were my age again plus or minus and you've been to bike shops um and you just don't feel like there's anything there for you or you've taken someone's advice and you've bought a bike and you just think, you know, it's just cycling just must not be for me. I would say, don't lose hope. There, there are products out there that will allow you to ride much more comfortably that will, uh, I think, uh, increase, uh, your enjoyment exponentially. Uh, you just have to find the right shop and uh the right people and i'm available uh to chat anytime that's why i'm doing what i'm doing so i didn't keep you too long and as always thank you for listening um my shop on the web is the psychic derailleur.com p-s-y-c-h-i-c-d-e-r a-I-L-L-E-U-R.com. And I wonder why I named it that every time I have to spell it. As always, thanks for listening and or watching. Until next time, be nice, work hard, ride bikes, play music when you can. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>